Ultimately, as long as you can stay cash flow positive, you'll always be growing your business in a way that you aren't going to need outside funding. So that when you want to raise outside funding, it's for one of two things, a new development project or a marketing campaign. guys, growing a startup is not an easy task, and even the smartest of us struggle with it. It's Arisha from Perfect Sprout presenting Behind the Startup Podcast, where we are trying to have as many successful and inspirational founders to come and speak about their journeys as possible. And we're going to keep it as real as it gets. So we're not just, we're not just going to be talking about the bright side stuff, but also the struggles and the challenges, so that you know for sure that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And well, for that, Connor here is a perfect example. Hello, Connor. I'm delighted to have you on Behind the Startup Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing really well, Arisha. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, so am I. It's terrific. So, Connor, for those who don't know you, could you please give a brief introduction about yourself and your business? Absolutely. So, my name is Connor Borrego. I'm the founder of Emergent Digital. Uh, it is a marketing agency and also a software development company uh, that has its own startup arm, but primarily we focus on helping small businesses to grow their business with profit in mind. Um, and I use, you know, my background is in data science. I have a master's in data science, um, and I spent the last eight years working in advertising technology at a handful of small startups. And then most recently, I was a startup consultant at Google. Um, currently, my startup project outside of the company is in the blockchain space. But like I said, I'm focusing primarily on being a marketing agency and a software development firm currently. That sounds awesome. And I did get a chance to uh, go through your experiences. And I was like, really inspired. And I'd also like to put some light on the fact that Connor started his career as an assistant swim coach and a lifeguard at the Country Club of Detroit. And I'm really curious, uh, Connor, and I hope you don't mind me asking this. Was there a Baywatch kind of vibe there? Were you the Dwayne Johnson or, uh, you know, Zac Efron there? Uh, you know, back in high school, maybe I might have fallen under that bucket, but there were definitely a few more handsome guys there than myself. Um, that being said, the Country Club did sort of have that uh, that very nice buttoned up TV show vibe, <laughs> but it was still all hard work and and pretty grimy at the end of the day. So lots of sunscreen, lots of grass clippings from the golf course, always trying to keep it out of the pool. But that was, that was like 10, 15 years ago now. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that must have been one hell of, a, of, like, of an experience. And it's really fascinating how you started out as a swim coach all the way to Google and some of the other top companies. And now you have your own startup. How would you describe your journey and the experience so far? Well, I think that to some extent, right, I, I got my first job in high school and, you know, I have sort of always been working since then. So a lot of my early jobs are just more reflective of my age. Um, and, and some of my, my interests at the time. So I grew up, I was a big swimmer. I, I competed, you know, at least somewhat nationally, uh, but mostly just in my state. And, uh, you know, so the local country club that I was a lifeguard at also had a swim team. I actually swam for a competitive country club and my brother swam for a competitive yacht club all in the same league. So I was just sort of already well-versed in all that. So I was just like, it was a natural pipeline into that role. Um, 
I actually thought I wanted to be a doctor when I went off to pursue my bachelor's degree. My whole family is in medicine. My my dad's an anesthesiologist. My grandpa's an anesthesiologist. So that was kind of the path that I thought I was going down. Um, but I went. But as soon as I got to my freshman year, I realized that my interests lie more in entrepreneurship and political science, and specifically in digital marketing. Um, which I think is just more reflective of my interests growing up of, you know, kind of just finding digital media everywhere and, you know, getting kind of crafty with, you know, accomplishing problems of things that I want on the internet, mostly illicit stuff, you know, like, oh, I want to watch this movie, but I don't want to pay for it. And then those skills have transitioned into far more advanced skills later on. Um, but my first job out of college was at a small startup in Ann Arbor called Lawn Guru. Um, and I was using that as a buffer until I ended up at the second startup I was at about nine months later at Adapted, uh, which is still going strong and growing and much more in the vertical that I wanted to work in, which was digital advertising, because the other one was a, uh, a, a digital, it was Uber for lawn care, basically, and a kind of a smaller startup with, you know, not the growth trajectory that I was looking for in terms of experience, um, but I participated in an entrepreneur's leadership program in my undergraduate program. And that that is what really pushed me into all of this. Wow. I'm really glad you found your way into entrepreneurship. And I think the concept of emergent digital is really unique and it was much needed. How did you uh, like how was emergent digital born and what made you realize that there's a need for a platform like this? Yeah, so um, Emergent Digital was the name of the first startup. I tr Well, it was originally called Emergent T, where the T was for t short for T-shirt. And so the original idea, like six, seven years ago, was to put, you know, artists' artwork on T-shirts and resell them and turn their T-shirts into an investment product to help artists sort of expand, uh, you know, their, their business model per se. Um, but you know, with the advent of blockchain technology and NFTs in particular, that same concept has really come into reality uh, now six years later. So, you know, using everything that I've learned from the first time I tried to start this company to the second is essentially why this company exists and how I came upon that conclusion. But it originally started as a project in my undergraduate degree. Um, and the reason it came about is you know, I was interested in digital marketing and my partner, she was in the art school and was an artist. And so we were just trying to find a, a hybrid way for ourselves to work together that wasn't necessarily a graphic design firm. So, um, yeah, anyways, the, the way I found this need was just mostly probably being way too ahead of it in some capacity and then just recognizing the opportunity when it really started to show up last February. Um, with, with the NFT craze, essentially. <clears throat> but before that, it was all about how do we build a strong profit-minded business, you know, with a good repeatable model. And, and that's why I chose to start with an agency model to begin with and, and, and focus on acquiring advertising customers and web development contracts. Just, you know, you need money coming in the door to start a business first, so... <laughs> Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's so like interesting how all of these amazing ideas come out of such regular random thoughts, I'd say, you know, and I'm sure it must have not been a smooth journey and you must have faced a lot of struggles. So what would you say were your biggest challenges that you had to overcome? 
So I think the biggest challenge, and it's a repeated challenge and still the same challenge I come up with now, is that I'm never as technical as I wish I were. And so my greatest limitation is always relying on someone else to accomplish stuff. And not that I'm a slow learner, but I feel like the way in which I learn can be sort of slow, especially, you know, with, with stuff where you have to go out and do it. And so really just putting in the hours and grinding and, and specifically what I'm talking about is software development, right? So the first time I've, I've built a website, it was in high school and it was using Weebly, which is a content management system. And, you know, now I can pretty much, you know, build something straight from a framework or bootstrap it, you know, ground up. But I, I still struggle with server, you know, management and, you know, development operations and moving and piping all the data around between all the programs and functions. So I have new problems now that are under the same bucket that I always had. But, but for me, the way that I've addressed these problems is, okay, yes, I can always go find someone else to do it, but that's going to cost me money. And once I have the money, sure. But for the meantime, my, my thoughts always been the internet's free. There's Google search, there's YouTube, you know, go teach yourself the skills you need to fill in those gaps just to get it done. And I've just been doing that continuously over eight years. And so my skill set has gotten very, very broad and pretty refined, which that that's just essentially what it has been is every time I encounter a challenge where I'm not sure where, where to go with it, what to do with it, I, you know, just start researching on Google and YouTube to see what other people are doing to solve the problem. But, um, but yeah, the, like I said, the biggest challenge is always, what do I do when I don't know what to do? <laughs> and uh, I'm sure I'm not the only entrepreneur to, to face that problem. And I would say the other big challenge that I regularly come up to is time management. And um, that one from my experience has really come down to just getting organized and, and having everything laid out so that you can prioritize it effectively and have a really good understanding of how long different processes take you specifically. So you can look ahead to your week and see, all right, what's realistic that I can actually fit in my schedule. And I know that sounds way better and easy, like, because that sounds obvious on face value, but that's a lesson I've learned over and over and over again for like the last eight to 10 years, because it's super hard to be an entrepreneur and then also be on top of yourself from an organizational standpoint, because, you know, you're getting information from every which way and you just, you know, it's, it's not always easy to stay on top of, oh, I got to put this information here so that I don't lose it or, or whatever. <laughs> it's easier said than, than done, right? And you sure have come a long way. And uh, for, I think Google is like such a great help. I think we should really start adding Googling as a skill under our CVs. So, I absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah. So Connor, did you have any help while you were battling with these challenges? Like what was your motivation that kept you going? Uh, so uh, I guess, did I have help? Absolutely. And I'll talk about the help in a second, but the motivation for me, uh, that one's pretty quick and easy. Uh, I, I've just always, I like puzzles. Ultimately, I see most business problems as a puzzle. And with my background in data science, I've now been equipped with the tools essentially to go probably like take a bunch of raw data and hopefully find an answer to the question I have somewhere within it. And then from there, you can build tools and, you know, other things that, you know, help grow a business or improve profitability or improve a process or, or whatever it is. But for me, the motivation is problem solving. I just have an intrinsic dopamine rush or hit anytime I like 
you know, look at a completed project that I, that I've done basically. So that's my motivation. I, I think that's shared with a lot of people, but um, as far as I, so much help, everyone is a resource. Everyone is a mentor. And if you're willing to listen to me talk for like, I I'm sure you can tell, I, I have a lot to say sometimes and uh, anyone who's willing to lend me their ears and then provide feedback has been a resource for me, you know, throughout everything. But um, I've had a really a couple of really great mentors at different pivotal moments in my life that, you know, probably deserve even more of a shout out, like um, the head of entrepreneurship at the University of Michigan, where I went, uh, Matt Gibson, he's put me into touch with resources to help my venture move forward to this day. And, you know, I haven't been in a classroom with him for like six years at this point. And then uh, that first company that I worked with, the advertising technology company, I don't think I would have made it as far as I had in my career or where I am at currently with my master's uh, without the, the CEO of that company. Um, you know, after about six months of working there, he really took me under his wing and kind of made me not chief of staff in any like formal capacity, but he had me doing all the special projects that a chief of staff would essentially be doing. And I got to have extra time with him picking his brain about running his company, which he had started, you know, six years prior. And he was about 10, 15 years my senior. So he had a much more depth of, you know, work experience to really kind of answer questions I had about, you know, how do you go from idea to like an actual business? And one of the main things that he really drove home was you need to find a profitable business model before you have your startup idea. Because ultimately, as long as you can stay cash flow positive, you'll always be growing your business in a way that you aren't going to need outside funding. So that when you want to raise outside funding, it's for one of two things, a new development project or a marketing campaign. Yeah. Those are the only things you should be raising money for in his eyes. So that was the biggest resource or help for me. But like I said, anyone who I've basically worked with or had a conversation with has been influential for sure. You sure, you sure have a lot to talk about and that just makes everything more interesting about you. And I'm sure they find your business and your business model uh, actually, uh, you know, making a difference. So that's why they're investing their time in it. And so, now that you're on solid ground, what would you say are your plans for 2022? And are there any major areas that you're going to be focusing on? So uh, 2021 was all about finding profitability, setting up good internal operations and getting in position to scale with a repeatable business model. And uh, it's coming down to the wire. There's only 30 days left for this goal to kind of be checked off, but I think we might actually finish a little early. So right on track from timeline. So with that in mind, next year is about, um, about growth primarily. So um, I'm in the middle of a fundraise currently for a friends and family round. I have about $130,000 US committed verbally so far, and the round's going to close in February. What I'd like to take the money or the investment to do is a, about a third of it will actually go to my uncle who runs a blockchain development laboratory in Mexico City. He's helping me build our data wallet that's going to be the management software piece for all of our customers. And um, that's, like I said, about a third of our budget. And the remaining two thirds uh, are going to go primarily to growth marketing. Um, and specifically, we are launching an NFT series at the end of the month. 
um, that is basically around a community who enjoys movies and television and art and music and commentary around it, which most people like. So that's not super hard, it, but it's, uh, it's very focused around sort of web communities, internet communities. Um, so we'll be putting a lot more effort into, or a lot more money into our marketing efforts to continue to grow our audience um, because that is that audience will be the primary uh, customer base that we hope to sell these profile accounts to. So yeah, like I said, next year is all about growth and you know using the funds that we raised to grow profitably. Um, I don't think I ever explained this. The startup idea is to sell micro websites to artists and journalists um, that connect into our network of, uh, you know, basically data management tools, uh, that are powered by blockchain technology. That's really, I love the concept. And, um, I think for you, 2022 is looking all green and all about growth. Good luck with that though. Thank you. <laughs> So Connor, uh, I think we should end this with this one question, which is like very close to me. And I really want to know the answer. If you could go back in time and do something differently, or maybe give an advice to your younger self, what would, what would it be? I wish uh, if I could go back, you know, I would go back to about middle school. And I would wish that at that time in middle school, I would take the opportunities I had to learn software programming and to investigate further into some of the software technologies that I was super interested in to learn more about them. I just really wish that the curiosity that I seem to have now was more existent when I was younger, but, um, or, or that I acted on it more specifically. I wish I acted on my curiosity more. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it's never too late, you know, you're doing just fine now. And I see a lot of people who are like, who don't have the curiosity, who don't want to learn more. And, uh, you know, honestly, what I think is there's no age for learning. There's mm -hmm. so much potential out there and everything. So this has been great. Thank you so much for being a part of Behind the Startup Podcast. Is there anything you would like to add for the business owners in the audience? Um, if I can plug myself for a second, if you ever need someone to look at your numbers and you're trying to find out how to squeeze more profits out of your bottom line, check out Emergent Digital. I'd be super happy to help you, even if it was just a general 15 minute directional conversation. So. All right. So I think that wraps it up. Thank you so much. I'm glad we could do this. Thank you. Thank you so much, Arisha. I really enjoyed our conversation today as well. Likewise. Thank you, Connor.